Welcome to GNAC Insider, the show that lets you on the inside of the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Young and Evan O'Kelly. Welcome to GDAC Insider. We're happy to have you with us tonight as we talk basketball. And yeah, we're getting into spring. It might not feel like it, but we've got baseball and softball on the agenda and on the show tonight as well. And it's exciting. It's an exciting time of the year and very exciting in basketball. We've got uh, some uh, both the men's and women's uh Title runs are well underway and very tightly contested, and it's a very exciting uh, race. And we're going to be speaking tonight with Rusty Osborne, University of Alaska Anchorage men's basketball head coach, kind enough to join us for a second time on the show this season. And then we're going to talk baseball a little bit later with Kellen Walker, the Western Oregon University men's uh, baseball coach, and their program, uh, again, predicted to win the GNAC. And in softball the team that is predicted to win again this year is St. Martin's. And we're going to have their softball coach, Rick Doreen, with us tonight. And, of course, as usual, we have Evan O'Kelly. Evan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. How are you? I'm doing well, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. So you got a chance to go to St. Martin's and watch that game that was the game of the week against uh, Alaska Fairbanks. Yeah, that's right. The GNAC staff was up there. We helped pack the pavilion, and boy, it was a really good crowd that turned out. It was a, a whiteout, and all the students in attendance were wearing their white, and uh, they were cheering real loud. Yeah, the Saints have a, have a good uh, fan base there, but I'll tell you what, I was really impressed with it, the Nooks basketball team. They look tough. Yeah, you know, they're right up there, uh, tied for first place in the GNAC standings now, turning the curve, uh, heading into the second half of the season, and that's a good basketball team. We've got a lot of good teams coming up, and we're going to talk a little bit more uh, basketball. In fact, we'll start out uh, talking basketball here, Evan. I'm going to catch up with you a little bit later in the show. Thank you so much for setting everything up. Rick, Rusty Osborne uh, joined us uh, at a point of the season. It was just the beginning of the season. In fact, I don't think they'd played yet uh, – Uh, hadn't played the Great Alaska Shootout, and had been predicted to be a tough team in the conference, and in fact, they have been. Uh, They just got off two very big road wins. You have a road trip in the GNAC, and you win both games, and that's kind of a special thing. Rusty Osborne is joining us tonight on GNAC Insider. Coach, thanks very much for being with us. Well, I appreciate you having me. So, uh, like I just said, uh, a road trip where you get two wins and no losses in the GNAC that doesn't come by very often. Yeah, it's something we really needed. We've been uh, we've been struggling to shoot the butt basketball a little bit and to defend, to tell you the truth. Uh, uh, we, we played um, played a, a very hot Central Washington team uh, a week ago, and uh, they came up and got us in our place. They played very well, and, and we, we couldn't quite match up with them that night. And so, you know, sitting there, uh, game under 500, uh, with the first half almost over, it was uh, it was important for us to go in and, and put some good performances together, and uh, we played extremely well at uh, at Western Oregon on Thursday night, and then uh, Saturday night uh, we withstood a uh, a very inspired uh, St. Martin's team with uh, Riley Carroll coming back uh, after missing a game, and them thinking he's going to be out for the whole year, and then coming back two days later uh, to play against us. They were very inspired, played very well, and and uh, and we, we were fortunate to come out of there with the win. 
I heard some comments you made about the adjustment your team had to make. You play at Western Oregon. I know they were down one of their better players out with an injury, but a more traditional offense, but not so with St. Martin's. Your, your team had to adapt to a totally different offense. Am I right about that? Yeah, I think so. I think I think all the teams do when you play that that those two teams. Um, you know, Western Oregon. Uh, you know, they rely a lot on the pressure. You have to withstand their pressure. Uh, they, they they get a lot of turnovers. I think uh, the last I saw, they were leading the uh, the, the league in, in causing turnovers, and that ignites their fast break. And uh, every coach wants to get easy baskets, and I know that's what Coach Ferguson likes to do. And and so we couldn't turn it over. Uh, but then when in the half court, you know they. They run some sets, but they run a lot of motion also, and, and uh, uh, I think there's a, a lot of different defenses if you play well that you can that you can match up with them. Uh, again, you have to play them well, but uh, it's not like it's it's something out of the ordinary. Uh, St. Martin's coach Coach Austin's put in a system to take advantage of his kids, and he plays more of a smaller lineup similar to us, and, and uh, they spread you out and, and run you through a lot of screens and. You know, it's, it's, with all the shooters they throw out there, it's, it's hard to get yourself into a gap or into a help defense uh, because they do a good job of taking advantage of that. And so, you know, adapting uh, really quick uh, within a you know 36-hour period from one system to the other, um, it, it, it takes some concentration. And I think eventually, as the game wore, wore on, we did a good job. But uh, early, uh, they were making some shots and, and uh, you know executing, and <clears throat> we got in a hole. But uh, Credit to our guys, they fought back, and, and we were able to get back in it. When you win a come-from-behind game on the road like that, that has to give your team some confidence. Well, I think anytime you win a game, and, you know, one of the things that uh, that I learned when I first came up here is, is we don't really talk about, uh, you know, road and home. Uh, you know, we're scheduled 18 games, and, you know, this isn't like hockey where, you know, you could play on an NHL-style or size rink, or an Olympic size rink, where the rinks are different. Uh, you know, all the courts in our league uh, are the same size. The baskets are 10 feet high, and, and uh, you know, we we just emphasize that. You know, if you start pl- talking about road and home, you're just giving your excuse, giving yourself an excuse not to get the job done. And so, you know, our kids have bought into that. We don't we don't worry about long travel, uh, those types of things. We just kind of go do it. And if we don't get the job done, it's just because the other team was better than us on that night. But uh, so I think. To get back to your main point, one of the things is yeah, any time that you can overcome some adversity within a game, uh, I think it spurs you on the next time that that, that happens. And, uh, you know, you learn from experience and understand that, hey, it's just 40 minutes. We may be down early, but uh, if we just keep chipping away at it, we can get it done. We've done it in the past. And and I think just all of us, all of us coaches, you know, we, we preach that. And, and, and when it happens, uh, uh, it's you know it's like trial and error. The kids, uh, the, the players, they, they start believing in it also. So it's hopefully it's good for us as we go along. Hopefully we don't have to experiment with that too much more. Hey, when we spoke right before the season started, you talked to us about Travis Thompson, who was a guy who was uh, out last year as a as a red shirt, didn't play, practiced with the team. Uh, you've got him back this year. Recently named Player of the Week, Red Lion Player of the Week. Tell me about uh, what he brings to your squad. Well, uh, you know, Travis, I think, again, I think people, you know, we talked about in the fall, people have forgotten about him a little bit um, and, and what he could do. And, of course, he played behind the Division II Player of the Year his sophomore year. And, um, you know, he was able to, to grow as a player uh, over his redshirt year, work on some of his weaknesses. And, and I think his I think his sophomore year he probably took 45 or 50 free throws the whole year. And, and you know, now he's up in the, 
you know, close to almost 150. And so he was able to add that dimension. He's not just a three-point shooter. He can put the ball on the floor and, and get to the basket and, and, uh, and get himself out. He's a, he's a tough kid. He's one of our better defenders. Uh, he's, a, he's got a two-to-one assisted turnover ratio. So tra- Travis really brings a lot to the table. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's, the only thing he doesn't bring is a lot of height at six foot or six one. But, uh, but other than that, he can, he can really shoot it in 40, 45, 46% career three-point shooter and, and uh, you know, now at about 90% from the three-throw line. But, again, he, he, he's expanded his game to where he can, he can take it to the basket, uh, you know, and it's really important for us this year to have some of that because we don't have a post player that we can just throw it to and who can score like uh, like we have in the past and like other other traditional teams have. And so anytime you're playing basketball, you, you can't just shoot jumpers. You've got to get the ball close to the basket. And so being able to do that with the dribble with uh, guys like Travis and Brian McGill, um, has helped open up the, the three-point shot for us. And, and uh, hopefully we can continue to do that and he can t- continue to have a, a successful uh, year. When we spoke, you talked before the season about uh, some uncertainty at the post. Uh, tell me about how that is uh, coming to fruition. Uh, what's happening there? Well, I think it's been a learning process uh, for the coaches and, and for the players. Um, you know, both of our post uh, players are – are new and um, you know different from what we've had in the past. Uh, Brad Mears, I think, is 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 developing a lot of confidence in the role that we've uh, we've put him in. Uh, he is a very excellent uh, mid-range shooter, you know, from uh, from from anywhere up to about 16 feet. Um, and I think as we've gone along, the team has has found confidence in him, and we've found a role and put him in some spots where he can have some success. And I think. Uh, I think over the past couple of weeks, uh, he's really started to, to take another step forward. And uh, Jackson McTeer is a, a kid who backs him up and, and uh, is probably playing before he should. Um, but because of our lack of depth at that position this year, uh, uh, he's got some good repetitions in. He, he, he gives a great effort each game. Sometimes he gets a little overmatched physically. He's still a young kid, just uh, turned 18. And so um, hopefully he'll take this experience and, and – uh, uh, use it to his benefit, understand he has to get bigger and stronger, and and, uh, uh, and we'll be better for this in the future. But, uh, you know, in a tough circumstances, those two kids have, have done a great job. And then, you know, to, to compliment them, we, we've gone small at times. We've got Christian Lechman, who's six 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 seven, who's who was a, a starting wing for us last year, and then uh, Colton Lowers, who is 6'3", but a good, good 230, 35 pounds, and, and just a son of a basketball coach. He understands basketball. He's he's become kind of our utility guy. He backs up to the point guard, but he's played every single position on the floor, and, and his numbers aren't great, but he's been very valuable in, in uh, the things that he does. And, and the one thing he doesn't do, which coaches always like, is he doesn't turn it over. You know, he's he's got 13 turnovers in 20 games. And, wow. Uh, he got about. I think he's. If if he had enough assists, he would he would lead the league in assist to turnover ratio. I think he's got 45, 50 assists to 13 turnovers, and so uh, he's very valuable. Uh, uh, you know, playing different minutes, different positions for us. So I'm going to mention a few other names here. Uh, Tiankum Stafford. Tell me about him. Well, Tiankum is a, uh, a young man who, again, who, who's a little smaller. He's a he's a six five, uh, playing the power forward position for us, which isn't too bad in our offense. Uh, you know, we we uh, we like to shoot the three. There's there's uh, even in years where we're not shooting as many as we do, it's still been a big part of our offense. And so, even though he's a little smaller, he's he's a lot of times he's a matchup problem uh, because he has perimeter skills and 
and uh, he can shoot the three-pointer. But he, he is athletic and strong enough to be able to guard bigger guys defensively. And, um, you know, he's he's right there, second or third, I think, in the league in rebounding. And, uh, you know, he shoots it very well, about 38%. And, and um, you know, he, he, he's been a great contributor for us. Uh, uh, and uh, special kid, he's a, you know, he's a 4.0 student, psychology major. Uh, here at the end of his junior year, he will earn his degree. And, uh uh, looking forward to, to starting a master's program um, as we go forward. And, and uh, so not only does he excel on the floor, he, he excels off the floor. And, and uh, you know, we're proud of the things that he's accomplished. That's great to hear. A couple other guys I want to mention, Brian McGill and Kyle Fossman. Well, Kyle's returning uh, off first-team all-conference and has just picked up right where he left off. Uh, he's got a little more help out there this year and, uh, you know, 45% three-point shooter, a tough kid, very tough kid. Uh, even at six foot, you know, he had a double double with rebounds the other game, the other day against wow. uh, Western Oregon, and uh, he's averaging a career high in rebounds. Again, doesn't turn the ball over. Um, you know, we we stress we stress that a lot. Keep possession of the basketball, and and uh, our kids have bought into it. And so, uh, Kyle has done a great job of that his whole four years here. Just passed 1,000 points, which was a special night for him. And and uh, you know, we'll be sorry to see him go at the end of this year. And then. Brian McGill was a kid we had talked about uh, along with uh, Travis in the fall uh, coming in and, and uh, had played a, a nice role for, for Western Oregon as a freshman two years ago on their senior laden team and, and uh, you know, played his role, didn't average a lot of points, but uh, over his redshirt year with us, uh, really, again, grew his game and worked hard and, and uh, is paying off. And he's, uh, he's been in the top five in the league and in top one or two in assists. Uh, excuse me, top five in the league in scoring and top one or two uh, in the league in assists the whole year. He shoots 50%, shoots over 50% from three-point line, and, and uh, it's just having a, a great sophomore year. And, and uh, we, we believe that he'll continue to get better over the next few years and, and uh, feel that that point guard position is in good hands for, uh, for the foreseeable future. I'll tell you what, you've talked about a lot of young talent on your team. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We, we 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 didn't have a whole lot of seniors last year, and it ended up we didn't have a whole lot this year either. You know, we just have uh, the two, uh, Kyle Fossman and and uh, and Colton Lowers, and um, so it, it, it's one of those things. One of these years, I guess we'll have some, uh, but we go into each game where, you know, we might not have the most freshmen playing, but but we have a lot of you know freshmen, sophomores, and juniors where a lot of other teams are are more senior based, and and so. Um, you know, hopefully they'll grow up and, and uh, continue to get better as the year goes on. And, and uh, at least a, 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 we have a core group coming back over the next few years. And if we can have some good recruiting years, hopefully we can uh, we can stay near the top of the conference. You've got two big games coming up. I want to talk to you about the Root Sports <laughs> Game of the Week here in a minute. But uh, Simon Fraser coming up first. Well, they're scary. I mean, all you have to do is watch that tape of them playing against uh, Northwest Nazarene the other day, and, and I can't remember the last time I saw any team at any level uh, make their first 12 shots in a row. And, uh, you know, some of them were open, but uh, but a lot of them, Northwest Nazarene was, was playing good defense on them, and the kids hit them. And so when you go 12 for 12 and 10 of them are from the three-point line, that, that adds up to a whole lot of points real quick. And so, uh, again, you know, we, we like to, to self-evaluate ourselves. We haven't been the greatest defensive team as we've gone along. Hopefully we're getting better, um, but we're going to have to be good uh, on Thursday night against a, a team who's playing with a lot of confidence. And, and uh, Coach Blake and I go back a long ways. I have a lot of respect for, for the, the, the job he does there. He, 
even in tough times, uh, if he has injuries or losses, he keeps his kids playing hard. And so we know that we're going to get a great effort out of them. And, and uh, it, it, if we concentrate on anything except them uh, through Thursday night, uh, we'll find ourselves uh, coming out of there with a loss. And, uh, and so that's what we'll do. The good thing is this is the second half of the league. So the, the Saturday turnaround is, is, is not quite as daunting as it is in the first half because you've played, you've played a team, we've played Western, They've played us. Uh, you know, you're more tweaking your, you're tweaking your scouting reports. You're tweaking, you know, what you're going to do personnel, what you're going to do defensively, offensively, as opposed to putting in total game plans. And, and uh, so uh, we'll, we'll concentrate just on Simon Frazier till, uh, you know, about 7:15 because it's a 5:15 game. We we have two odd time games this week. We play 5:15 to Simon Frazier, uh, so we'll be over about 7 7:15 and then. We'll concentrate on our 9 o'clock game uh, Saturday night against Western Washington, which uh, is exciting for the conference. You know, of course, it's, it's nice for Western and us, but uh, it's great for the Great Northwest Athletic Conference to, to be on Root Sport and the support they, they give us. Uh, you know, things our, our conference commissioners, first Richard Hannon and now Dave Hagman, have done to, uh, to get us that exposure is just, uh, is just tremendous. And I think the more we're on, the more the people in the Northwest and even all across the country in the root markets are going to see what uh, what a great brand of basketball has played uh, in the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I think that's exactly right. Well, we look forward to seeing you guys uh, Saturday night, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific time at Bellingham. A tough place to play. Yeah, but most of them in our league are, and uh, <laughs> and so uh, we, we've scheduled it, and uh, we'll show up. We'll do the best job we can. Hopefully, we represent the conference well. Hopefully, it's a great game for people to watch. And and uh, uh, I know one thing: I haven't had to worry about my kids. They're they're going to play hard. They're going to give an honest effort. Will they make mis- some mistakes? Probably, but uh, it's not going to be because they're not playing hard. And so uh, I think that'll come across. And I know. I know the Western's kids were too. You don't have the success that uh, that they have had without uh, having great character and great great work ethic, and so um, should be a battle. And and um, and again, hopefully, it's a great uh, a great showcase for for the GNAC. I look forward to it. Thanks, Coach, so much for being with us. Hey, I appreciate you having me, and, and good luck to everybody, both on the men's and women's side as we go forward. Thank you so much, Rusty Osborne, the SeaWolves, Alaska Anchorage. Men's basketball coach, uh, tough trip. I'll tell you what, Simon Fraser on the road and then at Western Washington. We're going to be talking some baseball and some softball coming up in just a few minutes. Now let's see what's happening around the GNAC. In women's basketball, the race for first place remains tight as four teams won both of their games last week. Currently at the top of the GNAC standings are Montana State Billings and Western Washington, with Seattle Pacific and Simon Fraser just one game behind. In men's basketball, Seattle Pacific, Western Washington, and Alaska Fairbanks are in a three-way tie for first place. In the latest top 25 poll, Seattle Pacific jumped four spots to number 20. In baseball, Western Oregon has been picked to win its 13th consecutive GNAC title receiving four of five first-place votes in the preseason coaches' poll. In softball, St. Martin's was unanimous pick to repeat as GNAC champions this season, receiving all seven first-place votes. And all of the Red Lion Players of the Week for the period ending January 26th can be found at GNACsports.com. Now is the perfect time to enjoy a romantic stay at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. 
Book a lake tower room with the cozy fireplace and a world-class view of Lake Coeur Lane. Take advantage of Beverly's renowned wine cellar and five-star dining. Or enjoy the resort's many luxury amenities, including our award-winning spa, indoor pool, and fitness facility. You just can't beat the view from the Coeur Lane Resort. Packages start at just $189. To book your getaway, call or visit cdaresort.com. In old school terms, like when football players wore leather helmets, it was called getting your bell rung, high impact shots to the head. Today, we know a lot more about concussions, and one reason is an engineering team over at UAA. This is an important project because we're learning that if concussions are not detected and left untreated, they can have a dramatic impact on people later in life and possibly lead to dementia and severe depression. In a nondescript basement laboratory in the engineering department over at UAA, soccer balls are shot at a researcher wearing an electronic mouth guard that measures the impact of the ball hitting his head. The invention is patent pending and could A, lead to better forms of protection and B, allow instant diagnosis not just for athletes but for our troops as well. Innovative concussion research. Just one of the amazing stories being written every day at the University of Alaska Anchorage. We're going to talk baseball now and we're really could not have a better uh, guy to have than the man whose team was just voted by his fellow coaches as the preseason favorite in the GNAC. And why not, after 12 consecutive baseball championships of Western Oregon University, Kellen Walker joins us tonight. Coach, thanks very much for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, you know, I always, I'm always amused, never really... Uh, had too much exposure to college baseball, but January and baseball, and you guys are hitting the road here this week or, or next week to go down to California. How is it to, you know, does everybody kind of get eager to, to, to actually go down to California and actually go outside and practice? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, baseball in the Northwest is definitely a battle and, um, you know, it turns into a, a, a year long process for sure. And, um, puts a puts a big responsibility on our guys in the month of December to make sure they're coming back and and ready to go and we start practice there right after Christmas break and you know credit to them they came back in shape and we were able to start attacking it January 6th and uh, yeah we're leaving Friday to go down and play a very good Monterey uh, Monterey Bay team down there that, that uh, was number one team going into the regional last year. So. Uh, tell us, I mean, you're uh, entering your third year, am I correct, uh, as as head baseball coach? No, uh, this is my second year as a head coach. Okay, yep. second year. Yep. And I was an assistant here for, for six years as well. But what a dramatic uh, record you guys have had. I mean, 12 years in a row, the, the GNAC uh, Baseball Championship. And, and you look, you know, I've lived in the Northwest for a long time. And to see baseball uh, blossom as it has in the Northwest, for me as a baseball fan, I think is very exciting. Absolutely, it's a you know testament to the the quality of players that are here in the Northwest and um, you know w- what they're able to get done with the, the conditions and um, you know continuing to to build their games and continue to get better and um, you know we as we've had some success been able to open up our recruiting basis and not only get kids uh, you know in the Northwest but also down in, in California and Arizona's and Colorado's and um, obviously Idaho and and uh, you know we've had some success getting kids from all over but. Definitely uh, the the main guys that we're getting and, and who we hang our hat on are you know those guys from the Northwest that are homegrown and uh, we're able to to get them down here and 
um, have them continue to progress. And, you know, I think another large reason why we've had some success is just the quality of people that we've been able to get in the program and not only the baseball piece, but just how they're handling their business uh, each and every day, uh, not only on the field, but here on campus and in the classroom and, uh, you know, how they're, how they're taking care of everything. So let's talk about your team. Uh, let's talk first uh, pitching. Uh, tell us about your pitching staff. I uh, have quite a few new faces. Um, Spencer Watkins is back, who was in our, our starting rotation last year, so he'll be still in there, um, you know, someplace. And uh, a couple guys out of the bullpen, Cody Stone is back, who uh, set a GNAC record for saves last year. Um, very, very good kid that, that continues to get better, so we're excited, uh, excited for him for this upcoming year. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the other guys are new and, and, and guys that we're excited about. Mike McInerney, our recruiting coordinator, did a very good job. Uh, with this year's class, so we'll kind of kind of wait and see uh, after this upcoming series at Monterey Bay. But we're definitely excited about where the pitching staff is. Do you pretty well have uh, already determined who's going to start, who's going to relieve? Uh, for the most part, I mean roles roles have been uh, you know pretty defined, but obviously those things will change as the season goes on. But um, you know throughout our 24 days of team practice, we were able to get quite a few inner squads in and, and get guys in live situations. And then uh, they got to their individual work there that ran up till about Thanksgiving. And then, uh, shoot, we've had very good weather down here. We can't have too many complaints. Uh, we've been outside quite a bit and been in some live situations. So uh, the body of work for, for all of our guys to make decisions on, um, you know, guys had opportunities. And uh, as, as a coaching staff, we're able to, to observe them in, in numerous situations and, um, you know, have a pretty good, pretty good grasp, we feel, on, on, on where guys are going to be able to have the most success. Let's talk about your, your lineup. Uh, uh, Daniel McNabb, one of your top returning hitters. Uh, tell us about who yep. else in your lineup uh, presents a threat to, to other teams. Yeah, we're excited. Um, you know, Danny was able to put together a very good year last year, um, and then he's continued to get better, too. Very, another very good kid. Um, and then some other guys in the outfield. Uh, Tim Roush, who, who came here out of high school, um, he, he, especially towards the tail end of last year, had some very, very – Big weekends for us and some clutch hits, and then uh, Trout, or excuse me, Chris Bradshaw as well um, ended up, you know, kind of when, when we moved him to the leadoff spot. It's kind of really when our we started to take off a little bit more offensively. We struggled a bit at the beginning of the year, and getting him in that leadoff spot kind of got us going a little bit. So we're excited about him um, on the infield. Garrett Harpool is, is back again, a very very good defender, and we're excited about some of the games that he's made offensively. Um, Josh Solmsas, who, who's been with us, shoot, this is his fifth year in the program after he redshirted his first year here. Um, he'll, he'll, you know, be getting time at, at one of the middle infield spots. Um, Jake Whistler, who's been here for four years now, counter redshirt here, another guy in the middle infield. And then uh, Will Shaveria behind the plate, who split time with Scott David last year. Um, he'll be getting the majority of the time early, and then, you know, we'll kind of wait and see what happens. But, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be behind the plate for us there game one. I always think that baseball cliche about strength up the middle, pitching, catching, shortstop, second base, center field, <laughs> there's a lot to that, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, having guys that you trust in those spots and, you know, not only for, for making plays and handling different situations, but being able to communicate and, uh, you know, make sure guys are in the right spot. It's almost like your linebacker there making your defensive calls or your, your quarterback there that's, that's changing the play of the line of scrimmage. So, Having guys that can communicate and uh, that you trust up the middle is, is obviously huge. 
So you got some tough California competition. You're going on the road. You're going to play in uh, uh, against Monterey and against Sonoma State. You know, these are teams, I would guess, uh, you know, they've been out outside. I know you've had pretty good weather. But what kind of an adjustment is it to play California teams so early in the year? Yeah, I mean, it's it's an exciting opportunity for us to, to be able to get down there and, and just have such a great early season test. I mean, we know um, both those both those teams are going to be ready and they're going to be both very, very well prepared um, by those coaching staff uh, with Coach Gales and, uh, at Sonoma State and then Coach White. Um, they're at Monterey Bay, so we'll have our work cut out for us. Um, but like I like I said, it's just so exciting for us to be able to have that opportunity so early in the season to see where we're at and, and, and spots that we need to improve on and continue to grind down to get better. But, uh, no, we're definitely excited to get down there and get after it. Coach Walker, one of the things I think that comes with being a perennial champion is that you don't catch many teams by surprise. I mean, i got to think that that's going to be uh, sort of one of the things you guys have had to face for a few years now. You win 12 straight championships, and you're not surprising anybody. No, I, you know, each and every weekend we're going to get a team's best shot, and they're going to be ready to, to come after us. And, um, you know, it's something that, that we have to embrace and get excited about, that you're going to get that team's best every weekend, whether it's from a starting pitcher on the mound or how those hitters are going to battle with your pitchers. But, I mean, you got to enjoy that. you got to enjoy that you're getting the, the best shot from, from those quality opponents. And, shoot, you start looking around the, the different websites in the GNAC, and um, rosters are getting deeper. Teams are getting better. Coaching staff are doing a very, very good job preparing their guys. And then, uh, you know, Coach Musgraves over at NNU with, with his first year, I know they love that thing rolling. And, uh, you know, we'll have our work cut out for us again, but that's just kind of the nature of the beast here at Western Oregon. And, you know, like I said, we embrace it and enjoy it, and uh, we're excited to, to get going here. I'm excited for you. Baseball season is an exciting time of the year, I think, for all of us who, who kind of uh, struggle in the winter months waiting for baseball. Hey, have a great trip. Thanks so much for being with us. Great. Right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much. Kellen Walker, Western Oregon Wolves baseball coach, heading down to California for a big trip. And we're going to switch, stay on the diamond, I guess you could say, but go from baseball to softball. We're going to talk with Rick Noreen, St. Martin's softball head coach, St. Martin's being the preseason favorite in softball, uh, coming up here in just a moment. Now let's take a look at this week in the GNAC. In Bellingham, the Western Washington men's basketball team is getting set to host Alaska Anchorage in the GNAC Game of the Week on Root Sports, Saturday at 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Western Washington is currently in a three-way tie for first place in the conference standings and will play Alaska Fairbanks, another first-place team, on Thursday at 7.30 Pacific in another key matchup this week. The Western Washington women's basketball team gets set to host Montana State Billings on Thursday in a battle between the two conference leaders. Western Washington has won six games in a row, extending its home court winning streak to 26 games dating back to January of 2012. In Seattle, five GNAC track teams are getting set for the University of Washington Invitational, which spans Friday and Saturday. In Monmouth, the preseason favorite Western Oregon baseball team is getting set for its first road trip of the season as it takes on Cal State Monterey Bay in a doubleheader on Saturday. The St. Martin softball team begins defense of last season's GNAC title on Saturday with a doubleheader in California against Cal Baptist. 
And be sure to follow GNAC Sports on Twitter and Facebook for updates and the latest scores, standings, news, highlights, and more. Get the degree you need for the life you want at Central Washington University. Small classes and nationally recognized faculty passionate about teaching give students a chance to do what they're learning. Central's approach takes students beyond the limits of textbooks in the classroom. Visit CWU in sunny Central Washington and online at CWU.edu. Learn. Do. Live. At Central Washington University. With 10 institutions in five states and one Canadian province, the Great Northwest Athletic Conference has established itself as one of the premier athletic associations in NCAA Division II. In its proud history, 71 GNAC teams have recorded top 10 national finishes, with national titles coming in men's basketball, women's soccer, and men's soccer. Covering one of the largest footprints in the NCAA, GNAC members include University of Alaska Anchorage, University of Alaska Fairbanks, Central Washington University, Montana State University Billings, Northwest Nazarene University, St. Martin's University, Seattle Pacific University, Simon Fraser University, Western Oregon University, and Western Washington University. It's kind of a change of seasons, you might say. The basketball season, very exciting, and, and getting into the real climax here is we're at about the midway point. But we're at the beginning of the baseball and softball seasons. We just had the guy who's uh, head coach of the men's baseball champion, and now we're going to switch over to women's softball, and we've got Rick Doreen, St. Martin's softball head coach. Coach, congratulations. I guess it's a good thing that you've been uh, named the preseason favorite this week uh, for this upcoming season in softball. Yeah, good evening, Kevin. It's it's exciting for our team and players and university and and it's like you said, it's it's uh you never know whether it's a good thing or not to uh to uh, have those uh expectations put on you, but it's a new challenge for our program and something that we uh, uh have talked to the team a lot about and and uh, how you learn to deal with uh, uh with a different different avenue as you as you begin the season. So tell me about your team, uh, returnees Lacey McLadry and uh, Sam Munger, named All-Americans last season. Nice to have them back, obviously. Yeah, you know, when you look at, at both of those players, they, uh, they've they had outstanding um, careers, and, and se- uh, Lacey will be a senior this year. So she's uh, going into her fourth season and, and has been outstanding since uh, winning freshman of the year, her her, uh, her first year in the league, and then Sam the same thing, her first year. and. Um, you know, we're just super proud of them continuing to grow as players and athletes and leaders in our in our program. And then we look at uh, Danny Wall and Tavia Jenkins uh, coming off of the regional tournaments they did uh, last year. It was just uh, very exciting to see them grow as players and and carry that over now with that confidence into a new season. And and then uh, we look forward to having, um, as all coaches do, uh, an influx of, of new uh, talent coming into the program and, and see how they respond when uh, when they get a chance. When you've got back-to-back years, as I understand it, where you've had the freshman player of the year, it suggests your recruiting's going pretty well. Well, um, you know, I think that's part of it, um, is, is trying to find the right players uh, that are a fit for a program. And uh, I, I just give all the credit to the to the players that we're talking about, and and uh, they really took on the challenges that we put in front of them, 
and have grown as athletes and, and players. Uh, every day when uh, uh, you go out as a, as a team and you have your players give everything that they have and, and grow as, as individuals but become uh, great teammates with each other, then you get those kind of uh, awards and rewards. So that's, that's fun from a coaching perspective to watch those things happen. It sounds like you're talking about a cultural theme, uh, a cultural thing really with your team. It sounds like you've got some chemistry. You know, we've been doing this uh, for quite a while now, and I think that's kind of what we've learned over the years is that um, the best players don't always make the best teams. And uh, that's one of our challenges that we face. This is our fourth season coming up here now at St. Martin's. And um, it was it was fairly easy to, to see when we first got there that we needed to do a cultural shift within our program. And uh, our emphasis, and it's a special emphasis this year with our team, is learning to serve um, each other, and it's a core value of the university and, and what we uh, stand for. And, and we've really tried to emphasize that with our players of, of serving you know, the St. Martin's community, the local community in the Lacey area, as well as our team and teammates and, and parents and all those things. And, and building in that cultural philosophy really is starting to, to take hold uh, within our team. And, and it's fun to sit back and, and and see the dynamics of, of young ladies come into a program when they're 17 years old and, uh, and as they grow through their time here, really become leaders. Um, and certainly they gain the education during their time here too. So you just see the well-roundedness in, in, in the person when they, uh, when they leave the program. That's great. It's great to hear. One of the things that makes your program a little bit different, maybe really helps you with, with, with the cultural aspect, is the fact that your assistant coach is your wife. That's been a tremendous uh, help for me personally and, and certainly for the players as well to, uh, to be able to have someone that I can count on all the time to, to work with the players and certainly from the, the female perspective be able to work with them uh, on a day-in and day-out basis and uh, give her experiences as a student-athlete and then uh, coaching for um, you know, we've been doing this now for over 20 years, I guess. So it's 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 nice to have uh, that companion that's that's right there too. And and there are times when we, um, you know, we'll just get on. Unfortunately, we drive separately to practice, so we'll be on the phone on the way home and be able to review practice and talk about uh, what we saw uh, that day and what we want to work on the next day. And and just to be able to. Um, uh, to be that close and be able to uh, to share our thoughts together, I, I think that does make a huge difference. So let's talk about your your team. Uh, we'll start with as we did with uh, Western Oregon. We'll we'll talk about pitching first. Tell me about your uh, your pitching staff. Well, uh, obviously Sam Munger was the pitcher of the year in in the GNAC last year, and and uh, and so she'll be back as a junior. And um, with Sam, she's uh, one of those players that wants to be on the field at all times and we love to see her on the mound she loves to play some shortstop as well and uh and we'll see her uh kind of do some dual roles both in the infield and and on the mound and it's been fun to see her improve uh, both uh, strength wise and uh conditioning wise this year and we look forward to a great year from from her we have a um sophomore pitcher in Kaylee Lawson that didn't get a lot of opportunity to pitch for us last year due to some uh, some injuries and so we're excited to see what uh, she can do in in competition and then we'll be looking if we need to go beyond those two we'll have uh, a couple other players that have 
um, spent some time on the mound and, and will be there as reserves. But we looked at those two as, as being our primary uh, pitching staff. So here's a little naivete for me, uh, being a baseball fan, not as exposed to softball. Is the, is the right-left dynamic, you know, where in baseball, if you're a pitcher, you want to face a right-handed hitter, if you're a right-handed pitcher. Does that also hold true in softball? And if it does, does it allow you to put Sam Munger in at shortstop for a couple of batters and bring her back out to the mound? Yeah, it, it, it probably doesn't play as much of the role um, that you would uh, see in baseball where you're seeing the break of the ball uh, across the plate depending on which side you're, you're standing on. So we, we don't see that nearly as much. The only advantage with a left-handed pitcher, I think, sometimes that uh, you don't see uh, too often in our game. And, and so just the, just the different perspective, I think, sometimes can make it. Um, but it, it, doesn't, um, it doesn't work the same as, as baseball okay. typically. Our, our game is usually more of an up-and-down game in the strike zone, and that's, that's gotcha. the real difference. And that's why baseball players have a hard time hitting a softball pitcher. They're not used to seeing a ball go up, and, and that's, that's the real difference. Makes sense. So how about your, uh, your starting lineup uh, hitting-wise? Well, that's still in the works. I think one of the great things about having success is you, you start to have a lot of players that want to join your program. So we have a pretty good-sized roster this year with a lot of uh, competition going on at all spots, and, and that's always fun to see. So we're still trying to, to work out uh, exactly who uh, you know hit where and play where, but we'll see the, certainly the returners of, of Lacey and Sam and near the top of the lineup and then uh, we'll have uh, Tavia Jenkins and, and Danny Wall in there, too, which are our junior returners. Megan Miller was a starting freshman uh, for us last year at third base, and, and she will this year as well. I'm not sure where she's hitting the lineup yet, but she does a, a great job and had a great end of the a year for us. After that, we will um, we'll see some, uh, some new faces uh, on the field for us. We have uh, several freshmen that will uh, will certainly see playing time and, and uh, get their at bats. Uh, Jackie Schmeling will uh, will probably be our starting catcher this year uh, from the Sacramento area, and then we'll have uh, Alyssa um, uh, Slate will be in the infield and hitting for us probably at shortstop, and then Kaylee Hull is another uh, California freshman that we have in that um, from the Chico area that will be in left field for us. After that, we're uh, we're looking at some real competition uh, for uh, for playing time. We've had a uh, we have a transfer student Maria Roney that came in from a Division One program back east that uh, is an exceptional leader and just a great addition to our team uh, that is fighting for some time uh, as well as as several others that uh, like I said it's it's nice to have the problems we do with that. No doubt about that. Well, some of it's going to sort itself out on your trip to uh, California. Are you making a couple of trips down there? We do. It's you know I think you talked about with with Western Oregon baseball too, but softball and baseball in the Northwest is is a very difficult thing sometimes. Although this spring has been fantastic so far, it's a little chilly out there in the afternoons. But uh, when it's not raining, we we can't complain. So uh, we're excited to go down, see a little bit warmer weather, and uh, and uh, get out on the field and and see how people perform and put people in different uh, positions and. And, and just see how they how they do. So we'll be down there uh, in Southern California this weekend and, and play Cal Baptist and Kelsey San uh, Bernardino. And uh, and then the following weekend we'll get to go and uh, see Sonoma State and the Academy of the Arts in the Bay Area and really get a good test uh, and hopefully some great weather and, and see how our uh, kids can come out and perform. One of the things that I love about small college athletics 
is academics play a big part of that. And I know on a road trip like that, academics are going to play a big part of it. We're, we're really fortunate with uh, how we're able to set up our, our, uh, our uh, transportation and on the, our flights that we can fly down later on a Friday. So uh, we'll have two kids, I think, that will miss a Friday afternoon class. But other than that, uh, we great. won't miss any class time. And uh, our kids are so good about um, taking the opportunities, whether it's on the airplane, it's in the airport, uh, on the van ride to the hotel or in the hotel room itself. Uh, they're always in their books, and, and that's great from a coaching perspective to see that they are, their priorities are, are right, and they know that they're here uh, first and foremost for their education, and, and they take every opportunity that they can to, uh, to get their studies done, and then uh, when it's time to turn on that switch and, and play ball, then they're ready to do that. Part of that well-rounded uh, culture that you were talking about. Coach, thanks so much for being with us, and have a great trip to California. Have a great couple of trips. Great. We appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Rick Noreen, St. Martin's uh, softball coach, uh, with us tonight. I'm going to welcome back Evan O'Kelly. Uh, Evan, uh, thanks so much for lining everything up. I'll tell you, um, it, it's great to hear people talk baseball. I know you're a former baseball player, third baseman. and uh, But it's nice to see baseball and softball coming up. And at the same time, we have the excitement of a very competitive basketball season for both men and women. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to kind of believe we're talking about baseball and softball here in January, but they're uh, raring and they're ready to go, uh, Western Oregon and St. Martin's. Um, and then, of course, in basketball, heading into the second half of conference play, a couple of really tight races on both the men's and women's side. I did not hear uh, until the coach let us know about the start that uh, Simon Fraser had uh, in their game last week when they hit 12 shots in a row at the beginning of the game. That's unbelievable. Yeah, they really got rolling, and uh, it was definitely an eye-opener. You know, they came out probably with a chip on their shoulder. They they grabbed their first conference win there, scored 100 points, and uh, when you start like that, it's hard uh, to really come back. So the big uh, game, of course, on television this week is at Bellingham. It's Saturday night, 9 p.m. Pacific time. What do you think? Well, I think we're going to see another battle there. Uh, I don't know if Anchorage's confidence will be boosted now that they've seen, you know, the the streak um, for Western Washington has has been snapped now. You know, they had won uh, 36 games at home. Uh, And actually, I was talking earlier today to Dave Harshman, uh, one of the Root Sports broadcasters, and he actually brought up a good point saying that now that the streak has been snapped, perhaps that takes the edge off of Western Washington. They don't have to think about it. They can play more common rate and relax. So both of those things factoring in, and then uh, Western Washington in first place, Anchorage just two games back. It should be a great matchup. You know, I think he brings up a good point, because I saw that game that Western Washington lost at home, and and you did feel, you did sense sort of uh, a little bit of nervousness, a little bit of tenseness with the big streak on the line, especially when SPU came out, got the lead, and, and kind of had control of the game early. I do think that uh, that's going to be a weight off of, uh, off of their shoulders. Yeah, and I think we'll just uh, have a chance to see some really quality uh, raw basketball from both of those teams. You know, the other things, the the fantasticism around those types of things, the streak and everything, will be not a non-factor, and we'll get to see the kids really um, just play play for the sake of playing Western uh, for defending their position at the top of the standings, and then Anchorage uh, trying to elbow their way in here as we get going in the second half. And I'll tell you, Western Washington and uh, Montana State fighting head-to-head in the women's side, too, so it's very exciting. 
Yeah, that should be, you know, I got my eye on that one on Thursday. Uh, Montana State Billings women will be in Billingham. Um, those two teams are tied for first place in the standings. Uh, Western Washington's won six in a row. Billings has won four in a row. So that is going to be an excellent matchup as well. And the Western Washington women have their own home court winning streaks, right? Yep, that's correct. That one's at 26 um, consecutive okay. wins at, at home, and that dates back to January 2012. So uh, the streak's alive and well on the women's side, so we'll see what happens there. Okay, should be very exciting. We are uh, going to move along. Hey, Evan, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, we sure appreciate all the preparation you do and lining up the show. Always great talking with you. So have a great sounds- week and enjoy the games. All right, sounds good. We'll talk to you next time. Sounds great. Evan O'Kelly with us on GNAC Insider. Thank you for being with us, and I hope you'll join us again next week uh, for the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Thank you for joining us on GNAC Insider, the weekly update on the student-athletes, coaches, and events of the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Catch us live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific at blogtalkradio.com slash GNAC Insider. Or listen at your convenience throughout the week at GNACsports.com. Or subscribe to the podcast over iTunes. GNAC Insider is a production of Soundbrook, creating revenue streams with digital audio.